Oh, hi. I'm your host, Kyle Brownrigg, and welcome to Best Actress, discussing Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress Oscar wins, who we feel should have won, and why. So much. Here are the nominees for performance by an actress in a leading role. Kate Blanchett, Carol. Brie Larson, Brewer. Jennifer Lawrence, Joy. Charlotte Rampier, 45 years. Saoirse Ronan, Brooklyn. And the Oscar goes to Free Larson Room. Hello and welcome to another episode of Best Actress. Today we're going to be talking about the 2016 ceremony Oscar win year for Brie Larson for the movie Room. Today I am joined by a repeated guest. The last time that you heard his voice, we were discussing the Susan Sarandon year. Uh, It's David Brennan. David Brennan actually recently just had a JFL, that's Just for Laughs, original album that he was part of. It's uh, from Ottawa in Canada called Stand Up Capital, uh, because the capital of uh, Canada is Ottawa. And the album is called Workplace Knife Haiku. And the album was actually named after one of his jokes, which is really, really exciting. Hi, David. Hi, Kyle. Thanks for having me back. Of course. Um, I listened to the album. I thought it was so great. I'm so Ah. glad that Just for Laughs are doing these albums like all over the country because i know there was you know like calgary and like halifax and um toronto and there was like a bunch of different ones uh what was that experience like recording that during the pandemic it was a little hairy at first because yuck yucks ottawa uh vacated their uh their home on uh downtown and we set up temporarily at another space a restaurant at dow's lake but uh the jfl team Pulled it off. It was amazing. It all was like a big circus and uh, was a really, really special night. It was amazing to be part of, especially during COVID. How many people were there? There were uh, comics, you mean, or audience? Audience. Audience. I think we were just at 50. Yeah, sold out at 50. Well, it sounds, I listened to it. It sounds really, really great. It definitely sounds like there's more than 50. So good for That's you. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And hey, congrats, by the way, you just got back from Montreal, recorded for uh, your Crave special at the big Just for Last Festival. Yeah, so I did uh, my very first comedy special the for Just for Laughs. I, um, I did two recordings and um, it was a very bizarre kind of experience because obviously the festival, because of COVID, is very dialed back um Mm. but to be honest with you you really couldn't tell the audiences were great the energy was there i be honest with you i was very worried about that i was kind of worried that because of limited capacity that the audiences would be very low energy Mm -hmm. and you know just not what it could be but i was very wrong and i'm very happy (laughs) that i was very wrong so anyone listening needs to check out kyle's instagram because he's got this new suit that he bought i think and it's very (laughs) mad men and these pictures are amazing you look sharp man i'm so happy for you you're so talented and you work harder than i think anyone doing this so it's nice to see you rewarded man good for you thank you you know i uh i'm gonna accept that compliment Uh, (laughs) uh, but yeah anybody listening if you do want to watch my uh my comedy special i'm not sure when it's coming out so please don't ask me because we (laughs) although it's a fast turnover i'm already editing i'm already like literally got the video today and i have to go over make my notes Wow. So I'm impressed by that turnaround. That's great. 
yeah, it's a very, very fast turnover. Anyway, so let's talk about the reason why we're I yeah. feel like anybody listening to this, they're just like skipping through. They're like, oh my God, yeah, <laughs> it's, um, it's a do a little update. It's a busy <laughs> summer. It's good. Um, okay, so 2016 Oscars. So best picture went to Spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, best director went to Alejandro G. Iñárritu for The Revenant, mm-hmm. um, which was actually crazy that he won the best director Oscar because he had already won for Gravity. And yeah. normally whenever they have um, those kinds of winners uh, for best director, they don't like to you know reward people too quickly yes they like to sort of space it out because i know that whenever um william friedkin won for the french connection a lot of people said it was too soon and then when he came out with the exorcist everybody (laughs) was like he should win this best director oscar (laughs) and because of politics they were like no so it was actually kind of a big deal that alejandro g inuritu uh, won the Best Director Oscar for the second time so soon. Because um, he lost uh, four fingers and toes in the frostbite there uh, shooting. <laughs> <laughs> I've, you know, that movie, uh, well, like, so Best Actor went to Le- uh, Leonardo DiCaprio for yes. The Revenant. You know, a lot of people said that Leo, everyone was like, well, you know, he was overdue. So they yeah. just gave it to him for that movie. And that was kind of his campaign and the narrative. I completely disagree. I thought he was incredible in that Amazing. movie. And I thought he deserved to win. Absolutely. No, he sleeping inside of a bear he cut open. Come on. Yeah. What, do you got, what else do you got to do? Um, best Supporting Actor went to Mark Rylance for Bridge of Spies. I remember everybody was shocked by that one. Um, mm-hmm. Best Supporting Actress went to Alicia Vikander for The Danish Girl. And again, there was a lot of shocks this year because Alicia Vikander for The Danish Girl was a lead no question she was a lead yeah. and so when she won for supporting it was like okay yeah. but i guess that's a that's a different podcast episode um <laughs> so let's talk about our first actress uh nominated this year let's talk about jennifer lawrence in the movie joy joy so Another movie with David O. Russell, uh, you know, they did American Hustle, they did Silver Linings Playbook, and Jennifer Lawrence is, um, this was her last Academy Award nomination that she had before the world was basically like, you're overexposed and we're sick of you. We're done. Yeah, it happens. (laughs) People were ready to, to pile on on this performance for some reason, yeah. Well, this is the thing about the movie Joy. So this movie is about a um, down-on-her-luck divorcee woman who's basically trying to keep her whole life and family together while working crappy jobs. They get the eviction notice. um, And then she is also an inventor, and she comes up with this super, um, you know, awesome revolutionary (laughs) mop. (laughs) And then she tries to build an entire empire based on things that she's invented. And she uses the shopping network or the shopping channel or QVC or whatever to sell these products. And um, it's all the struggles that happen on the way up because she does eventually build an empire. Um, This... (laughs) (laughs) I've seen this movie before, and I have to say, Jennifer Lawrence is kind of the only reason to watch the movie. 
Yes. Uh, everyone, her family is terrible. Yes. They're sort of like cartoonishly overdone. Yes. And uh, they kind of set up this like narrative or this echoing of the soap opera that the mom watches, which uh, does feature Susan Lucci, which is yes. kind of a nice touch. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's this kind of clown horror circus family around her. And yeah, she's holding it together somehow. And that's the thing. The first note, because I ha- I write notes when I watch these movies, mm. and the first note that I wrote was the opening of the movie, you see how chaotic her life is and how useless her entire family is. I would have <laughs> set the house on fire. That was the first note that I wrote. Because I think what really is hurting this movie, and uh, like I wrote even more about this, was that there were way too many extra components going on uh, with the family that, yes. in my opinion, were not fleshed out properly. Yes. And as a result of that, like you were saying, it is cartoonish, it's distracting, and it really doesn't add to the story. Distracting also, we start the movie with a voiceover by the grandmother character yes. that is dropped and then brought back, and then that character passes away. And I don't know, it really seems to happen sometimes. I don't know. They, they The voiceover starts and then they just ditch it. it I, that's one of my pet peeves. <laughs> I know. And the thing is, is I didn't even understand uh, why she was relevant yeah. because everybody in the story, all the family members, they seemed like they had no money. They seemed to have some odd quirky thing going on. <laughs> they were um, very inconsiderate and selfish. But this grandmother character um, uh, that was uh, played by Laura Dern's uh, mother, mm-hmm. Diane Ladd, she was like this Connecticut Stepford woman <laughs> that was always like, she would just show up in the scene and yeah. she would be like comforting to someone or something. And then she would like retreat back into the basement or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, what is the point of this character? And why are you narrating it? There was just way too much going on. Yeah. Do you know what it was? I personally think it's because David O. Russell got a little cocky because of the movie American Hustle. Yes. And I think David O. Russell was like, oh, I got this. Like, yeah. I can I can handle these crazy scripts because, in my opinion, American Hustle is the most overrated movie in Oscar history. Oh, man. I think it's up there for sure. Yeah. I think there's some cool parts to it, but you're right. It just – you get to take a step back after a bit of time and you go, no, no, no. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I remember the first time I watched it, I remember I was trying so hard to understand yeah, I was just what, what is it? I don't and then and then the twist and then oh it was all a con and you're mm. like what? So I feel like maybe David O. Russell because he was nominated for best writing or or whoever it was that wrote that I'm pretty sure it was him or whoever it was thought for this film like oh I'll do this again like yeah. I'll do that same similar and it just it just doesn't work. Yeah, and um, this movie was kind of a little all over the place with the family. But if you just focus on Jennifer Lawrence and her performance, if this movie was trimmed by about thirty minutes, yes, and it was just mostly focusing on Jennifer Lawrence, I think yeah. that this movie would have been so much better because her performance is actually really interesting and she's really good in it. Love that, and I love uh, when it picks up. She meets Bradley Cooper's character at sort of this early stages home shopping network. And the scenes where she goes on now pitching them up, I'm going to be me. That's where I think it finds its legs. We get to see, you know, uh, it's Melissa Rivers, I believe, playing yes. her mother, Joan, yep. uh, a mainstay of the the QVC world. That's when this sort of thing clicks together for me. But again, all that beforehand, all the family dysfunction. Yeah. Uh, joyless. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's the thing. In the end, when her family, like, you know, makes that sketchy deal with the factory and then there's fraud and then Joy has to step in and, like, make all of her, like, boss yeah. threats and she gets her business back. Then in the end, when she has this huge empire, you find out that her family is still trying to screw her over <laughs> and trying to sue her for ownership of the company. And you're like, oh, my God, this family is just a cancer on joy like get like stop associating yourself with them and i don't even care if it makes it seem like no like family is so important like this family is toxic af like <laughs> no like bye. yeah it's uh it's like a capitalist fairy tale and yeah. <laughs> uh they're the evil family and i don't know what like what is the message of this whole thing is like you two can kind of own a sweatshop or set up your own sweatshop <laughs> and then yeah, she does yeah the what is she she goes to like a spanish church and brings and in recruits them yeah. <laughs> That part I actually thought, because you remember the scene where um, uh, Bradley Cooper comes in at Christmas, yeah. literally a Christmas tree, and they're like, <laughs> oh my God, Merry Christmas. And they're standing in the factory, and then all of the Spanish workers are like working hard, like during yeah. Christmas. And you're like, mm, okay. This uh, is I don't coming. remember a conversation about a living wage, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, some of the really good scenes I thought were acted very well was when you saw Jennifer Lawrence and her husband and and when yeah. they showed like why the marriage wasn't working and she's holding the baby in her arms and the baby is crying and Jennifer Lawrence is crying and she's like, I can't do this anymore and this is not working for me and I, I can't do this. I can't live like this. Um, I thought that was a really great scene that she me had. Too. Me too. Um, I like whenever she um, uh, has that sort of weird rendezvous with that like texas guy that <laughs> you don't know if he's the owner of the factory that's like committing fraud against her business and then she's like basically having like her boss deal where she's like yeah um i will not like take you to court and ruin you and shame you if you know you give me back my business and you pay me back like you know so much percentage and uh uh what do you call that what, what's it interest yes yeah and uh there were really really great scenes in here i just felt like it was a little too long and you know i love watching jennifer lawrence i think she really nailed this role but i just thought that yeah there was just a lot of unnecessary scenes a lot of unnecessary characters and it was just too long yeah totally uh great i think she was great great performance the badass stuff at the end she cuts her hair she's got a black leather jacket in the shades and kind of finds her like inner aaron brockovich i was getting those kind of vibes yep. uh and yeah the showdown at the end is great uh just again this sort of uh david o russell kind of circusy thing but yeah for me it was these uh the television scenes and uh uh you know her having to tell her story to get the product across and this sort of being like a precursor to like American reality TV. That's what was kind of most compelling for me. Well, do you remember when uh, the QVC man was yes. originally intended to sell the product because he was so, <laughs> and then he didn't even know how to, he didn't even know what a fucking mop was. He was trying to open yeah. it like an umbrella and like yeah. swing it around. I'm like, what are you doing? No, like, like, he's our top guy. Don't worry. He's golden fingers. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's like he doesn't even know how to use a broom or a mop. Like, well, did you even show him what the product was? Like, that was that was a little like that was a that was a really stupid scene in 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 my opinion. Um, but 
when you said that she cuts her hair at the the gas station, I'm so glad that you said that because I actually wrote this down. I always love in um uh movies and in uh TV shows, there's always a scene where a girl with long mm-hmm. hair mm-hmm. to like have like a makeover or to determine or to demonstrate that she's changed yes. has like a gas station haircut <laughs> that is always like that's always like a hot mess where it's like somebody uh, needs to hide the scissors kind of situation. That could be the name of a comedy album is gas station haircut. <laughs> <laughs> but then in the next scene it's like like perfectly layered and yeah. shaped and highlighted right. and you're like get fucked you're what sending out happened? because you're inspiring people to cut their own hair and that's just a bad <laughs> idea for everybody uh, so um i think that another moment that i liked was when um uh ingrid bergman's daughter there from uh uh, death becomes her and she's the like oh, evil Isabella Rossellini yeah 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 her and Robert De Niro are the couple and <laughs> they're sitting in that hotel and they're like your business is a failure you're losing all this money and then Jennifer Lawrence has to give up and she signs away her business yeah. she breaks down and she's like you know um, I have stupid ideas and life destroys opportunities and that breakdown I think was a nice little Oscar moment as well because in this film Jennifer Lawrence has like these pockets and these moments and these scenes, because she can, she can go there. Like she can Mm -hmm. really, you know, bring uh, like a lot of really great acting to a lot of amazing scenes if they're written properly. Mm -hmm. And if, 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 if it's, you know, and I, I just feel like there, this movie or maybe the script or maybe the director or just, it kind of failed her a little bit because I feel like this movie could have been better because she has the talent. Yeah. And uh, an example of that for me is like, it's, it's kind of set up like, Oh, it's grandma's fault because she told me to dream. And it's like this moment, but it falls flat for me because again, this grandma character, like in and out, then she dies. Uh, But yeah, no, uh, when, when she can, get a little bit to hold on to in the scene. Uh, she knocks it out of the park as always. A uh, little fact about this movie. It is not a biography of mm-hmm. Joy Mangano, but inspired by her real life story. Yeah. So it's just same name and similar story, but it's a hundred patents in the end or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you have anything else that you would like to add about this movie? Little bit of dancing, which uh, I think has become the David O. Russell staple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. There always has to be. Yeah. And just to, to tease our other films, uh, our four other pictures all feature scenes of someone vomiting, I think, except for Joy. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. This was kind of a gross year. Um, a <laughs> little bit. So. Um, let's talk about Kate Blanchett in Carol. Oh, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> I am not going to be very well liked about my opinions about this movie. So let's have it. Carol is the story of, uh, a very rich, you know, white woman during the 1950s that is gay and she's married to a man, Kyle Chandler. They have a kid together and she has had relationships with Sarah Paulson and she, um, they break up and then that obviously affects her marriage with Kyle Chandler. And then she meets Rooney Mara and then they fall in love. And obviously during the time homosexuality was illegal and, you know, wackiness ensues. 
And a lot of hands on shoulders, which means a lot. These scenes are loaded <laughs> with subtle touches and looks and hand glances because that was like all they were working with. Yes. It's, it's some tense sexual energy. <laughs> I love when Kyle Chandler is like, well, like to the kid, like mommy spending a lot of time yeah. with Aunt Sarah Paulson. And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, was okay. that him in the role of Harge? Like yeah, right. winner for worst character name in the world, Harge? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a very, not a very flattering, definitely not a very flattering name. Um, Harge. I think that... Uh, uh, so this is another movie that was set in the 1950s that around the same time because so so was Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this kind of aesthetic of mm-hmm. of of movie. Uh, that that fur coat that Kate Blanchett is always wearing was actually oh. made from a bunch of old fur coats, and apparently it fell apart in every single scene, so they had to keep <laughs> fixing it. Um, this movie got like a like a standing ovation for like ten minutes at the Cannes Film Festival. Mm-hmm. People regard this on the BFI list as like the greatest LGBTQ film of all time. Mm-hmm. People love this movie, and I am the first person, yeah. and I'm so glad if you love it. That's great. I'm going to be the first person to say that I find this movie so boring. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I do. Terrific acting, of course. It's Rooney yes. Mara and Kate Blanchett, of course. Yes. I just have seen this movie. I've seen this movie like two or three times now, and I like to revisit films because I think maybe I just didn't get into it. Maybe I was distracted. Maybe mm-hmm. I, I wasn't understanding the material. Give it another chance. I find this movie, maybe it's because I can't get into the subject matter or I have a hard time. I don't know. I just... I find this movie so boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do. I do. What do you think uh, about this film? I really loved it. Um, I, I love what you mentioned, like the the way it's shot, the textures. Uh, so the director, Todd Haynes, uh, previously uh, had Kate Blanchett in one of my favorite movies, I'm Not There, the Bob Dylan pseudo biopic where yes. Kate Blanchett plays like uh, late 60s press conference Dylan. Uh, really strung out, for which she obviously got a lot of acclaim. Uh, so they've reteamed. Uh, kind of going back, we kind of touched on it. So Rooney Mara has uh, more screen time in this, but was nominated as a supporting actress. And uh, from what I read, the book is from her character, Therese's sort of point of view, just like a lot of the film. It really mm-hmm. felt more like Kate Blanchett was kind of more supporting in this film. I love that you said that. So Rooney Mara was in the movie for six minutes longer than Blanchett <laughs> and the Golden Globes forced Rooney Mara to be a lead. They it was usually, the downfall. Exactly. <laughs> and normally what they do is they make it go down to um, uh, supporting so that they sort of increase their chances of winning. Because if you saw um, Judas mm. and the Black Messiah mm-hmm. um, this year, both lead characters were supporting. Right. And Daniel Kaluuya won for supporting. And you're literally like, well, then who the fuck was the lead? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's got to be. Yeah, like this. I don't I don't. But this is the new sort of trend that they do, like Uh Viola Davis for Fences. And this is the sort of new trend that they do. um, I noticed with the Oscars. Um, And yes, you're right. This movie was based on the book, um, the called The Price of Salt Mm -hmm. in 1952. And it was under the pen name Claire Morgan, because obviously the real life author Virginia Kent Catherwood w- during this time wouldn't probably want to be known for writing like a lesbian book in the yes. 50s. So yeah. that 
that makes sense. Cool history um, behind the book. Yeah, and screen time, I, I get for one thing, but it's this point of view thing. Like we are with Therese. We are noticing Carol from across the department store. Uh, we are experiencing her like, I don't know, first love. Uh, first intense love. We are with her all the way. The heartbreak when Carol, you know, uh, has to ghost her because of the custody uh, battle with Harge. Um, I really <laughs> felt like we're right there with Rooney Mara. Uh, and uh, yeah, that Kate is like a, a wonderfully supporting role in this. But uh, then it sort of shifts at the end. But uh, I don't know. Would you agree the the chemistry for these two is there? Oh, yes. big pause. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, because what I will say is that okay so let's talk about Kate Blanchett so sure. the reason why I think Kate Blanchett deserves every nomination for this movie is that a she's Australian I am mm. always impressed by a solid accent she does an American <laughs> accent perfectly I also think that Kate Blanchett in this movie um plays a sort of dominant role like a, mm. she she definitely plays that sort of dominant kind of role in the relationship well while also sorting sort of maintaining the um attitude and the way that women were supposed to carry themselves during yes. this time in history in America yes. Yes. and i think that that alone would be very tricky and to do both sort of soft and hard at the same time while also doing an accent, while also um, doing a period piece. I mean, I know that she played Elizabeth for Christ's sake, but <laughs> I'm just saying like, it. it's just like chef's kiss. Like she is so, she's such a technically achieved, mm. talented actress. And um, Kate Blanchett, in my opinion, can just do no wrong. Like she's just yeah. so, so talented. And Every scene in this movie she nails. I love when she finds out that, um, you know, she's being recorded in that the... That was crazy. I did not see that coming. She whips out a gun and she's going to yeah. shoot the guy that recorded her and Rooney having a lesbian affair. <laughs> and um, this is actually... Uh, this was... So, okay, wait. So, in... Uh, uh, so, uh, this was... Uh, what happened was... The real life person that this is inspired by, Virginia Kent Catherwood, uh, lost custody of her daughter and was uh, uh, the way that they used it in court to lose custody was of a recording Insane. of like her being with uh, her lesbian lover called uh, Patricia Highsmith. And I am so sorry if I'm getting these names wrong. I just, I read a couple things and I'm just, you know, I'm, I was taping a comedy special this week. I was a little busy, so I'm sorry if I'm getting it wrong, but, um, but it, it, oh, these things happened. This, and the way uh, that morality clause, you know, like whose morality fuckers. Well, this movie was actually supposed to be made in the 1960s starring Lana Turner. Uh -huh. But according to the Hayes Code, um, they said that, you know, because, yeah, the immorality clause, they couldn't yeah. do that. So they wanted to call the movie Carl. <laughs> <laughs> they should have just called it Harge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Harge sounds like a fishing, like a like a Japanese trawler that like accidentally like scoops up like dolphins when they're trying to fish for tuna or something. Like Harge. Oh, I love it. 
Uh, oh, uh, the author of this book, by the way, Carol, also wrote The Talented Mr. Ripley. No way. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, but Kate Blanchett, yeah, like when she br- whips out that gun and she's like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Like, she brought so much intensity and reality to that scene. I love Kate Blanchett. She was so good in this movie. Every single scene she nailed, but I just don't yeah. like this movie. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I, yeah, I love the performance. There's so much restraint. I think actually every one of our nominated actresses, there's so much restraint in these performances. That's really what gets me. And, and the, some of the scenes really build that t- sexual tension, you know, these little touches like they're trying on the perfume and, and lipstick and you know it's going to lead to them getting together and then this sort of expected downfall and mm-hmm. her uh, friend, the, the Sarah Paulson character who they had been involved romantically, you know, she says to her, like, do you tell me, you know what you're doing? And Carol says, I don't just this, this the idea that this heart wants what it wants. And this is going to happen for these two for better or worse. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Sarah Paulson's character was originally supposed to be a much bigger part of ah. the movie and apparently a lot of it got cut like ah, a lot yes um which she was very disappointed by obviously um <laughs> and what i think is sort of very interesting about Kate Blanchett's character again and this kind of goes back to that sort of like dominant but also like kind of feminine sort of like little she's kind of balancing on on both ends there mm-hmm. that i think is very interesting and very difficult to do she seems like a very confident character but also very sad and almost like though she has this confidence, she's almost like yearning to be the person that she wants to be live her truth. But then she always kind of reaches this sad realization every time of reality that she cannot be and she cannot express herself. Yeah. And I love this uh, sort of Christmas time setting, like the loneliness of the holidays is this great matching backdrop for, yeah, what is like this, like inner sadness and, feeling this character is keeping so much in she kind of like near the end mentions like oh i've always been alone on new year's eve because harge is just entertaining business people and you get this feeling she has done and put up with so much if only she could live her true life Mm -hmm. yeah i think another thing that she nailed that i would say is quite true is how unimpressed she is with men but always very polite because (laughs) as a gay man that knows a lot of lesbians i'll be honest with you um that is a thing i am so sorry if there are any gay females that are listening to this i'm sorry honey but it is true i'm always (laughs) trying to make friends with gay women and women are literally like i don't want to be friends with you and you're like you know what fine like fair fair enough like it's not like that's fine um not always but just kind of in general. Um, yeah. The, <laughs> the guys, the other sort of characters in this movie aren't really anything to write home about. We've got this Richard guy that she's dating, Rooney Mara's character's dating, and then this other guy who's trying to kiss her. And you're just like, oh, God, I don't blame any of these people. These guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> I totally I love the uh, legal office uh, scene whenever mm-hmm. she kind of just admits defeat about custody over yeah. um, their daughter. And she's yeah. like, you know, Harge, this is going to get really ugly and yeah. we're not ugly people. Loved it. I love that scene. That nails was it. She, well, that's I mean, it's Kate Blanchett. She just she nails every it's just this movie. I, I'm sorry. I just don't care for it. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just don't. It's so well acted. Like Rooney Mara's incredible. Kate Blanchett, they're both incredible in this movie. I'm not taking that away from them. I just nope. don't care for this film. <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay. Do you have anything else that you would like to add before we move on? 
Uh, no, no, just uh, again, yeah, love the performances. I thought uh, it had a nice build. Uh, yeah. I almost had this sort of, uh, we talked about the bridges of Madison County last time where, yes. you know, she's not seen uh, Rooney Mara, but she sees her in the car and is she going to jump out and do a thing? And of course she doesn't. And then we get this nice callback to the beginning of the film where she goes and uh, sees her or they're having dinner together. And yeah, just this great last shot, you know, it's right down the barrel. It's Kate Blanchett. She sees Rooney Mara and, you know, maybe we might have a happy ending after all. I'm so glad that you said that because I forgot to mention I was confused because it was a gay movie with a happy ending <laughs> question mark. I was like, what? are we allowed to do that? Like, like, I don't know. Like, I think you guys might get like some jail time for that one yeah. because I'm pretty sure that the rules are that they always have to end in some kind of death overdose yeah. or aids or hate crime <laughs> something. or something so i'm a little surprised i was um i loved the ending i was yeah. like oh okay. a bit, uh, enough up in the air but i think uh yeah i think it was nice to sew that in we needed that we needed yeah. that oh yeah okay okay so um let's talk about saoirse ronan in yes. the movie brooklyn oh yeah so uh, the story of brooklyn is the story of a uh Irish immigrant who immigrates to Brooklyn and the adjustment period of what the process is like of leaving your home country and starting a new life on the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. um, as a person dating an Irish immigrant, yes. this film <laughs> hit quite close to home. So I'm, wondering about this. Please go on. Yeah, I have seen this movie like 400 times. <laughs> it's like kind of our movie um and i feel like sersha so originally rooney mara was cast in this movie mm -hmm. and i'm so glad that she wasn't mm -hmm. because sersha ronan in this movie sersha do you have she she was born in 1994 oh my god she's very young and <clears throat> very wise above her years ahead yeah. of her years like she's oh a very god. gifted actress and watching her in this movie nail every single scene. I mean, you don't even, not even necessarily about going from a different country uh, to uh, to another country. It can also be, you can relate to the story about moving uh, it, within your own country to another part of the country. Like when I moved from Ottawa to Toronto. Yeah. Starting in a new city and you don't know anybody and you have to, it, the the depression that comes with it and how there's an adjustment period, but then you eventually adjust to it and yeah. then you find your bearings and then yeah. you meet people and then you start to become happy. And um, one of the lines that I love was whenever she's like, oh, what about like whenever you get like letters from home? Like, does yeah. it take a long time to get your letters? And she says the other girl there, she's like, it takes a really long time at first, and then yeah. it takes no time at all. I love that too. That's a great line. This was yeah. it, was that the uh, sort of this guardian angel character on the boat yes. over? 
yes. who, uh, you know, we see Sersha then become later on at the end of the movie for another person. So it's kind of a nice pay it forward thing. Yeah. The, the woman in red. Yes. Yes, exactly. She was the one that said, you know, um, on the way to Brooklyn before Saoirse Ronan got there. And she's like, remember, it's really nice to talk to somebody who doesn't know who your auntie is. And yes. she's like, oh, my God, is that what it's like? Because, yeah. you know, Daniel, my boyfriend, who is from Ireland, you know, that is a thing They when you're from um, a small he's from County Cork, but he's about 45 minutes outside of like downtown Cork. Okay. He tells me that, yeah, everybody knows everybody. Everybody's in everybody's business. When you, when something happens, everyone's talking about it. So, you know, um, this type of, uh, uh, movie is so insanely accurate. And I, I, felt like every single scene that she acts as well as Daniel's experience. It was so similar that like, I'll tell you, like I was fucking crying through this whole movie. Uh, <laughs> like this, uh, you know, like it hits, it hits really close to home. Yeah. My wife said, uh, we watched this together and she's like, I can't believe my Nona did this. This is coming from Italy back, but this, uh, you get to like, I think it was Ellis Island, you know, don't look sick. Like you're going to get your pass through and like this first sort of navigation. Oh, also this is after you've had explosive diarrhea and vomiting <laughs> on the boat over because <laughs> the washrooms lock and the other people in the cabin and resort. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this sort of like horrendous experience to get there. And then she goes back home. Mm-hmm. And she sort of has this other kind of life and keeps her marriage to Tony a secret. But this uh, terrible witch of a character that she works for at the shop at the beginning. Miss Kylie. Miss Kylie yeah. is going to rat her out. <laughs> and she says, I'd forgotten what this town is like. So yeah. I wonder, is that uh, like Daniel's experience? Like, oh, everyone <laughs> in each other's business. Because he's gay? No, no, no. So. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, I mean, in Europe, like everybody's gay. Like, let's, let's be honest. But no, yeah, I love that scene where she's like, yeah, she's like, I'd forgotten. And she's like, oh, you'd forgotten. And she's like, I'd forgotten what this town was like. And she's like, what are you going to do to me, Miss Kelly? Where are you going to prevent me from going back to America? Oh, by the way, whenever I watch this movie i have to speak in this accent because she's from county Wexford. i think now i need to speak in this accent um but you know yeah miss 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 kelly was a complete cunt and <laughs> but if it weren't for miss kelly yeah. she wouldn't have gone back to brooklyn she like, she it was the catalyst to to her deciding like no yeah. my home is in brooklyn and my husband is uh tony and my tony. name is Ailish fiorello and that's when she <laughs> you know really makes that call but um whenever she went to whenever she came back to Ireland and you know she's conflicted because she meets a another guy oh, a nice Jim local Farrell. ginger boy ja- yes Tim Farrell Jim and Farrell. then she she gets the job at the accounting and she's like her sister Rose used to do and then she's like you know Daniel was Daniel when she goes back to Ireland then she's like mm, you know maybe can she's maybe I'll you know stay in Ireland yeah Daniel fucking hates that <laughs> part of the movie <laughs> So much because he literally is like, oh my God. He's like, he's like, fuck you. He's like, you cannot do that. You cannot go. And then he, there's, okay. There's this thing with Irish people where if they are the type of person that, that chooses to immigrate to another country. So in Canada, for example, Mm -hmm. when Irish people in Canada run into 
other Irish people from Ireland. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. It's like a, it's like a turf war that cats have in an alley. <laughs> it's this like, these are my Canadians. Fuck off. You get your own. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. It's like, they have this sort of like, ugh, I left you behind. What are you doing? Right. Here? Oh my God. I love it. I'm so glad you told me this. I did not yeah. know. That. I like, I was a little surprised by that. I was like, cause we, you know, it's, it's Toronto. Like it's a very like culturally diverse city. So you'll, you'll see other Irish people. And uh-huh. When they're just so unimpressed with each other. So when she when she goes back to Ireland, he was just, he's just like, oh my god, like fuck you, like he just can't stand her for for going back. And I I find that very very interesting. Maybe it's because it's like no, you ha- you made a choice and you have to own your choices, or maybe yeah. it's because like remember why you left in the first place, yeah. or or I, I'm not really sure, but yeah. but yeah there's this i'm not or maybe it's a self-loathing thing i don't know but like he hates that part of the movie a lot (laughs) that's so awesome that it's like almost like you know everyone maybe has their own version of you know do i go for tony or do i go for steady jim farrell uh can you ask daniel a question for me her sister in the movie dies of what i think is like a case of uh, severe Irish jealousy or yeah. something. That, <laughs> we don't know if we find out, but she's the older sister left behind to care for mom and she dies of it, I think. <laughs> That's I literally wrote, why the fuck did Rose suddenly die? I was like, ill of what? So I looked it up and in the book, it was a pre-existing heart condition. Oh, but, sure. But I like yours. Yours is Irish <laughs> jealousy. Because we'll she go got out. Um, whenever yeah. she, at the beginning... Um, is working her new job and she's like practice. She's basically crying on the job mm-hmm. and she like hates her life. And she's like, why am I here? When I first moved to Toronto, I remember the first couple weeks I got a job at like a restaurant. I remember, um, I didn't know where the hell I was. I, I'm used to where I came from in Ottawa. I could drive everywhere and there was yeah. parking everywhere and there yeah. were grocery stores everywhere. But in Toronto, it's like, you really have to like walk a lot of places and it's very inefficient to drive places and it's yes. expensive to pay for parking all the time. So I didn't know what to do because I'm so lazy and I'm like, I have to walk to a grocery store <laughs> and I didn't know anybody. And I was very depressed. Aww. So I related to her experience so much. Yeah. And she just nailed every scene. She had the right level of energy for it. It was just such a real relatable performance to the point where like this is a real person this is it's not acting this is a real person and so many audiences around the world could relate to this story and relate to this person apparently it was the irish audiences hadn't been to the movies since 1996's michael collins so they were (laughs) i think Saoirse ronan says she felt like she had the weight of like everyone's expectations in in ireland riding on this and that's an enormous pressure too but yeah Yeah. uh cal i love doing this show so much i watch all these movies with my wife we have these great conversations uh, my wife, uh, we met doing yeah. news and she uh, covered TIFF like five years in a row and went mm. to Sundance. And she said she just loves how like it's just sort of this experience. There's no like crazy plot twists. Nothing too dramatic happens. It's out of left field. It's just right. like these very realistic things happening to this character and these sort of choices we make. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, I just love this whole journey that we're just alongside her with for the whole time. When she walks through the doors after she gets through the boat and there's that light sort of representing that she's walking. She, it's her mm, new journey. It's mm, her new life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that scene always is like, oh, 
you know that one's like that yeah. th- that one's that one's a tearjerker for sure and then also when she gets her first letter from home yeah. and she's just on her bed like weeping it's like Oh, like uh, everything about this movie is just chef's kiss. It's just perfection. Ask, uh, please ask Daniel too. When she's going back to Tony in New York, her mother's like, well, I'm just going to say goodbye to you now. So I don't have to do it in the morning. Like, Whoa, <laughs> Irish love is rough. Oh yes. <laughs> it's interesting. You know, I, when I went to meet um, his family, cause he, he grew up on a farm. Like, and when I say farm, I mean like cows, sheep, like <laughs> farm, like, yeah. And um, when I, went and met his family i like his dad was so sweet and his mom so sweet as well but i got a little bit of an impression i could be totally wrong about this but Uh i feel like i think that maybe his mom like resents me just a teensy weensy Uh, little bit because i'm kind of the reason that he stayed Yes. In Canada, you know what I mean? Gotcha. Yes, yes, of course. And, and it's like, I can't really do anything about that. And I fully understand. Again, it's not like she was being hostile or anything. She was nope. so sweet. Nope. She was so nice. But maybe I got a little bit of a, a resentment, maybe. Yeah, for sure. It's a long ways. Yeah. And it's her It's her baby. I get it. I get it. But yeah, I, Irish tough love is <laughs> definitely a thing. It, 100%. Um, also, whenever you see the effects of the immigrants uh, from like that were much older than Saoirse Ronan's character in this movie that like built the, uh, the tunnels and the roads and the subways and they're barely surviving. He's used up old Irish guys. eh? at that scene where she goes and the guy gets up and sings the saddest song in the world. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. It's just a sad Irish song. That's like (laughs) the happiest song they ever have heard. Irish top 40. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, it's just the pacing of the movie is perfect because the adjustment period, it just feels so real. Yeah. Um, like I also love that during this time, you know, um, how everybody had a role yeah. and everything was, was taken so seriously. Like whenever she goes to Tony's house, cause you know, he's <laughs> Italian and she takes lessons of how to eat spaghetti. Yeah. Yeah. And Tony's got that little, uh, brother who's like, 50 years old apparently yeah yeah um i feel uh one of my favorite moments is that mrs weasley from harry potter is like the head of the boarding house that's right that's right she's um she's really really great in this movie she um is. the movie was obviously filmed in montreal i was there because i I was just in montreal last week so i actually saw a lot of like the churches and stuff that they were filming outside of i thought that was kind of funny yeah um emory cohen the guy that plays tony based his his himself and his character on marlon brando his uncles and a dog (laughs) like literally an animal because like I, I feel like because he's always there yeah. and he's like very loyal or something. So yeah. maybe, maybe that that's, that's why <laughs> I don't, I'm not really sure. Um, the scene in Ireland when they film the beach scene oh. Uh, is, Oh my God, I'm going to pronounce this so wrong. Curra strand. And which was also the beach that they filmed the D day sequence of saving private Ryan. Oh, no way. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, in the movie, uh, Saoirse Ronan uses a Wexford accent, uh, but she's originally from Dublin. Mm. And this movie won zero Oscars, <laughs> <laughs> which is sad. 
Yeah, um, it deserves something. It deserved deserved a little something something. Um. Anyway, I could I love this is yeah. easily my favorite Saoirse Ronan movie. I lo- I've watched this movie a thousand times. If you have not seen this movie, people do yourself a favor and do watch yourself this movie. a favor. Live a little and 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 <laughs> dream of a different life. You know, her life in Ireland is these very sad Saturday night dances put on by the church and working at the <laughs> shop. And it's like these great you know stories where it's like if you never left your hometown, you would always wonder. Uh, you know what your life is going to be, and hey, some people need that can't even think of it but uh get on that boat for a week and and bring some emodium and uh go to new york baby (laughs) well you know my 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 grandparents they uh met in the 1950s on a air base a military air base in france and they met at one of these dances you know and um this was a very common i've I've seen pictures actually of the first time that they met because i don't know who the hell took these photos but there i've seen photos of it and it's just, it's all very real. Like this whole yeah. story is very real. It's very relatable. It's very, you know, it's like somebody knows somebody or somebody in your family. And, and it's just, it's a very realistic portrayal of the immigrant experience in yeah. Canada and in America. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else that you would like to add before we move on? No, that's it for me. Okay, let us talk about the movie 45 Years with Charlotte Rampling. Please cool. note that the movie is called 45 Years because that is how long it feels. <laughs> oh, bitch. Okay. Another movie that I do not care for. I do not, people, please do not come for me on this one. I'm sorry, but let's just say that, um, so, okay. 45 Years is a movie about a couple that has been married for 44 years and they're coming up on their 45th wedding anniversary. They could not have a 40th because the husband, um, Sir Tom Courtney, or however you pronounce it, had a heart attack or something, so they couldn't, so they're doing it at their 45th. But just before they do, they you find out that his uh, girlfriend who mysteriously died and froze to death in the Swiss Alps in the 1950s, his body was discovered a week before their 45th wedding anniversary, brings a lot of tension and doubt to Charlotte Rampling's marriage with this man because a lot of secrets are uncovered about this relationship. Frankly, I thought it would be a lot more interesting if you found out that the husband killed her. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. But it turns out that it actually genuinely was an accident. But he had uh, he was going to marry this girl. She was pregnant. Yeah. And um, then you kind of find out that she had a similar look to Charlotte Rampling. You also find out that their first dance at their wedding was uh, the the music that, um, you know, her husband and this woman shared together. Yeah. So. Charlotte Rampling is basically like doubting if she's good enough for him or if she was just his second pick, the second best version After of what his life time. would have been. Yeah. Oh, heavy stuff. I, you know what, Kyle? I loved it. I, this one hit me in the feels. I'm just. Uh, really? Yeah. My wife and I, we're moving into our first home like this week as we speak. We're going through boxes oh, of old stuff. Oh, thanks so much. Um, and. I got like, I'm supposed to be packing, but I got into these old photos and I went on like a heavy nostalgia druggy mm-hmm. trip. Like you can really go there. Uh, this idea that this Katya, this relationship that the husband had mm-hmm. 45 or more, 47, 50 years ago is still like now coming and it's possessed him. And it's like wrecking his marriage at this like kind of 
should be a celebratory thing. Um, all of her stuff is in the attic and there's this breeze you can hear. It's like a, literally like a, sounds like a ghost, this idea of these ghosts from our past coming back and, uh, you know, impacting our, our present day. I, I really fell for it. I love this premise. See, that's so interesting to me. And this is what I love about this this podcast is because like sometimes, you know, there are movies that will sort of speak to you that you will connect with and you don't know why. And then mm-hmm. sometimes it won't and you'll just very much dislike it. I will say watching it a sec because I've seen this movie before and okay. watching it a second time around I think I got into it more I understood it more and I understood um, maybe why it was so critically acclaimed frankly I thought that Sir Tom Courtney me or whatever his name is should have also kind of been nominated because yeah. he was very good in this movie he should play um, Eric Clapton in a biopic about <laughs> going crazy about COVID he looks like Eric Clapton yeah he really he really really does um I think that um, this type of movie, I had a hard time connecting with the uh, material because I can understand why she would sort of have um, doubt and stuff Mm. like that. But like my boyfriend and I are in a 100% monogamish relationship. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, I don't really feel very, I'm very secure. I don't feel threatened. Like, you know, it's like if we have like a threesome, for example, and like (laughs) I just they just want to have some one-on-one action and I can just go fill out my Amazon wish list. Like that's fine. <laughs> so it's like, for me, it just, this type of movie is just sort of this like heteronormative standard of like what marriage should be of how like, no, like you only pick one person and right. it's not possible to love anybody else because it's like, it's like, trust me, there are hundreds of thousands of people that are right for you. Yes. Like, and so I just, maybe, maybe it's because of my attitude about, um, monogamy and relationship maybe that's that 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 affects my view of this movie but i personally just kind of thought that charlotte rampling's character was being a little dramatic but i can obviously sympathize if that's how she's raised if that's how she sees the world that's completely understandable Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that the story is going to resonate with me no for sure not again it's uh yeah you kind of bring a bit of your own stuff into watching and you see how stuff connects with you um yeah, I just, uh, I loved all these subtle touches. I really liked the structure, like the Monday, Tuesday, uh, leading up to this uh, big anniversary party. Uh, I loved like some little subtle touches, like, you know, they turn the, the light out in bed and, uh, and she's, her eyes are still, she's still thinking about this, this new revelation, you know. And meanwhile, she's trying to plan this party and husband started smoking again. He's being weird in the town square. Mm-hmm. Uh, her whole life, this this ghost, this idea that even, after they die, her body still might be stuck there, mm-hmm. outlasting them all. But she's dead, but frozen in time. Uh, I'm also biased. I do. A, I've done a couple one-man shows. One about all about ghosts, and one where I do this really long piece about the Franklin Expedition, sort of mm-hmm. from the point of view of the sailor frozen in time. So this was like kind of just right up my alley. <laughs> oh, okay, sure, yeah. Well, that's and that's. It's, I also it's, love seniors' uh, sex scenes, like oldies <laughs> getting it on. I mean, hey, whatever you're into. But um, I, I, one of my favorite lines though was when she says that um, I know that I was good enough, mm. but I don't think that you do. Yes, yeah. I thought that was like a, that was a really it's Charlotte Rampling in this movie. I think that I'll, uh, because she wasn't really nominated for a lot for for a lot of indie awards. She was, mm. but for the major ones, the Golden Globes and the Baftas, she wasn't. And the thing is, is that I think that the reason why is because this is definitely a lot more of a subtle 
performance. It is. But also she had been in the industry since like, I think the seventies, perhaps yeah. the late sixties. So maybe this was a bit of a career nomination. I'm not sure. Ah, good point. But it's just also, but maybe I'm a little bit biased because again, it didn't really wow me too much. It obviously had some excellent moments, of course, but um, I also am a fan of Charlotte Rampling. I love that show London Spy. I think mm. personally I preferred her in that, but anyway. <laughs> also, you know, maybe I'm... um. Maybe the reason why I, I wasn't as into it is because if you if if you're comparing the performances like to to Room for example or to yes. Joy, it's like the, there's like big dramatic moments and there's big like uh, like obvious crying scenes and sad moments and angry moments where this moment was was again a lot more of a softer sort of mm. subtle more delicate sort of reaction and performance and build up and stuff like that. So maybe it's because I'm comparing it. Mm. Um, it's just. Yeah, it's just this of all the performances, I found this one to sort of just be the one that was kind of, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if I'm being honest with you, of sure. just in comparison, it just, it, I, you know, you, you, like, you can obviously understand like where her character is at, like you can start to see when she becomes insecure, when her husband can't stay hard when they're trying to have sex, and mm -hmm. then he goes looking for the photo of the dead girl, and <laughs> then she you know, finds out that she was the second pick. And then, you, you know, you find out that the the woman that died was was pregnant yeah. and she's becoming insecure. I did find it just a little comical, though, at the very end when they're having their first dance at the yeah. wedding anniversary. And I'm not sure exactly because she's obviously filled with doubt. But I think that the doubt was because she clued in that the song that was playing was also Jeff and Katya's song. Yes. Yes. And I thought her the look on her face of like, oh, you dirty little yeah. bird. <laughs> she was just <laughs> yeah, so he, angry. He goes to turn her in the dance move and she sort of takes her hand away. And that's like the end. And you're like, I don't know if these two are going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I did kind of think it was funny how um, I, I, I don't really know if it was necessary for the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday ah. um, to, to let you know what day it was of the week leading up to the anniversary I don't know how necessary that was because I'm not going to lie. It kind of felt like I was watching the movie, the ring where you have seven days. Oh, right, 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 right. You know, the real so, countdown. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what's happening? Like, <laughs> um, but do you, okay. Like, do you have anything else that you would like to add to this movie before? Because I, I think, I think I've said as much as I can. Oh, say. Oh yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, I, I definitely liked it more. Uh, but I, again, I think I agree. Like these sort of, it's a softer brush. This performance and uh, no real definitive Oscar moments. When she goes up in the attic and sees the slides of uh, Katya pregnant, like that hit home for me. Like mm -hmm. that was the bombshell moment I was waiting for. Uh, but yeah, no, I just kind of liked its subtlety. Uh, I believe it's based on a short story. It had that feel. I feel like this could have been performed as a play mm -hmm. uh, of just these scenes from a marriage uh, and this sort of this this sort of ghost coming back and inflicting this sort of damage on them and this sort of question left up in the air. Yeah, I uh, I was into it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, uh, okay. So let us talk about our. Winner, Brie Larson for the movie Room. Yes. So if you've never seen the movie Room before, it is a very dark story about a girl who is 17 that gets kidnapped and locked and trapped in a shed that is 
dead bolted and there's also like a security system in place that she cannot get out mm. she is repeatedly raped by her kidnapper daily and has conceived two children one of them died one of mm. them lived um the one that uh lived was jacob tremblay this was his star making vehicle and uh eventually they get out and then you sort of see the psychological development of each character of how they have to adjust to the new world specifically jacob tremblay who obviously, I mean, grew up in a box and now is seeing the whole world for what it is, who once believed that the world that he saw on television was like fake space planets. Right, right. And um, it's a very dark, very heavy movie. I have seen this movie before. The acting is incredible. The story is incredible. Um, There are actual real life cases of this that are so similar. Allegedly, this story is not based on any of them. Mm -hmm. I did read conflicting things about that from the author, but um, they but from overall, I've heard that this is not based on any of the stories. And I will talk about some of the real life examples of this later. But um, Brie Larson in this movie, I only really knew her from United States of Terra. And uh, she is the perfect, she is so well cast in this movie. And um, I think that, um, you know, watching a movie at the beginning of a person being stuck in a small space Uh for a long time, (laughs) coming out of a pandemic, you know, that hits close to home. It was a little hard. (laughs) Yeah, it was a little, it felt claustrophobic to watch, for sure. Uh, You're like, they got a skylight? That's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Oh, wow. Like luxury. Um, Jacob Tremblay was almost oh, the lead of the movie. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, super fucked up situation. Uh, she's trying to keep it together. She snaps a lot on mm-hmm. her kid. And also he obviously is snapping a lot on her. Um, this kid was, I mean, listen, I'm just going to say if I was trapped in a, box for seven years and then i had a screaming child in my face every day that would just make it exponentially worse you it would know have been rolled up in that rug a lot earlier a lot earlier <laughs> um the part that breaks my heart is whenever the kid uh does roll out whenever he escapes because they've oh. convinced old nick which by the way the kidnapper's name is Old Nick because yeah. that's actually another name for devil in Christianity uh, dating back to the mid-17th century. So that's yes. why he was called Old Nick. And when um, she convinces uh, Old Nick that, you know, Jacob Tremblay's character is dead to go bury him. And then he gets in the truck and then mm. Jacob Tremblay rolls out of the little rug that he's in. And then he gets out of the truck and he runs toward that guy with the dog. Oh, my God. Yeah. That scene. We're is really like, strapped in for this. eh? Oh we are hanging God. on this scene. And he's and he's confused because he because he has obviously he's never seen sunlight before. So yeah. he, he has like a, a, he has vision problems. He's disoriented. He yeah. starts like running toward the guy, but he's so confused and he's never talked to somebody before. So he's terrified. And then whenever he like reaches out his hand with the tooth and like, yeah. oh, my God, it's, like just thinking it's so heartbreaking. It's so well executed. This the camera work. We're really, really there. And again, we sort of feel like you know, like we're, we're busted out of this small little world too. And like, oh my God, like the sensations, the lights, everything, because we've been in this room. All we know is, is this horrible. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, 
has really happened. This is like the worst thing. It's so twisted. So uh, fucked up. That there is still this element of like this love and enduring, uh, you know, she's the mother and oh my God, we could, we could go on and on. But yeah, and then we get this amazing act two, which is nice because it sort of swings the focus back on Brie Larson, who, you know, at the beginning, you're like, oh, okay, I think that the first time I noticed her was like a 21 Jump Street. And they're like, oh my God, she's obviously very attractive. Right. But now we've got the acne. We've got the bad skin. She's basically yeah. got scurvy. Old Nick is like not giving them vitamins no more. Uh, yeah. And the tooth is falling out. We're like, okay, we're going for some Oscar hardware here. Let's go. Yeah. And <laughs> then we get this amazing side where we see her mother played by Joan Allen. Her mm-hmm. father, uh, William, William H. Macy, H. Macy. they split yes. up. I thought that reveal, there's no dialogue. It's just sort of part of this montage was like really nicely handled, not yes. melodramatic. But then we see her sort of regress into this, I guess, late teens or, or, or teens uh, character when she was abducted. Her life was completely on pause when she's looking through the track and field photos. She's like, what do you think happened to these girls? Nothing, like in a good way. Nothing yeah. happened to them. And the anger starts to come really yeah. nice gear shift for the performance very well paced very well written um the listen i loved Relars. she knocked it out of the park don't get me wrong the <laughs> only thing that i do have to say of my critique of her character in this mm-hmm. movie was that she, of how not insane she was right like she it together, yeah. She seemed a little too together for me. Now you could argue that was because she had hope. She had this survivalist sort of like I'm getting out of here, I'm getting out of here kind of situation. Yeah. Um. So maybe you could argue that side, but I, I, I was stuck in an apartment and I could go for <laughs> walks, and I was going crazy and lashing right. out and having like mental health problems. <laughs> I don't think that having a child on top of that in that room, yeah, yeah, you know. But uh, maybe it's because you know I was like drinking a lot during the <laughs> pandemic, and obviously yeah, she doesn't have any alcohol. Maybe, maybe that's why. Um, you know, I'm 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 not sure. But when she overdosed, yes, and after the TV interview, so, after so the poorly, t- yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Stupid questions that stupid <laughs> woman was asking. Um, also, another stupid moment. Remember when the guy with the dog, whenever J- Jacob Tremblay is running toward him and being like, help, help, help. Yeah. And then this guy just like throws Jacob Tremblay on the lawn and runs away and stuff like that. Yeah. The guy didn't even get his license plate. Whether yeah. or not you yeah. know that he's a kidnapper or not, this is obviously a fucked up child abuse, super <laughs> sketchy, what is going on situation. And you didn't even bother to look at what type of That's car it was, right. what the license, get fucked. That is uh, like, absolutely not. Like, fuck you. Like that I is, that. I, no, that pissed me off. So because you hate old Nick, you oh, yeah. hate him. Yeah. So when that happened, I was like, what the fuck? Are-? I was oh, screaming fuck. at the TV. I On was the other so side, angry. I love that. On the other side, um, the uh, cop, uh, the woman cop is played by Amanda Bruegel. Who yeah. I got to meet. Uh, she did a day spot on a web series that me and my troop uh, did called Bill and Sons Towing. And oh. you know, you're probably the same. Like you know, when you've worked with someone or know someone, you see them, and it kind of takes you out of it. It did for like two seconds, and then I'm like, no, she's a good cop. She's asking the right questions. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I remember when Jacob Tremblay, she was like, you know, like, what's your mom's name? And, and Jacob Tremblay's like, I don't know. I was like, come on, Jacob Tremblay. You've been practicing. You got this. Fuck off. Like, because you're really rooting for the characters. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, and I then would... sort of the suicide attempt. So are you saying you sort of felt like that coming out of nowhere because we hadn't really – like she almost gets in like a teenage mode with her mom. Like she's fighting with her mom like a teenager. Right. Uh, but nothing uh, nothing else until that sort of – this uh, kind of very scary scene where, you know, uh, he opens the door and she's, you know, on the bathroom ground uh, and then mm-hmm. sort of back in the hospital. But, uh, but yeah, I, I guess, yeah, she's got all the uh, – her old posters on the wall, like this really stolen childhood, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and well, I mean, yes, she does sort of revert back to that place where she was, you know, I guess a teenager. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like yes and no. I mean, she's obviously a mother now. Yeah. And I'm sure that probably added years onto her development. But literally, like with um someone that uh went through all of those things, um, of like of course like the suicide attempt like yeah. obviously that that tracks yeah. uh and that that was really fucked up because i mean that interview the interview questions were so inappropriate Terrible. and stupid Terrible. and um it's not his father don't you call yeah. him a father <laughs> yeah and it's like and she's like but it's like oh my god just let her have it like fuck <laughs> off but no and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but but literally like um I, I feel like, I don't know, like when Joan Allen was like arguing with her and she's sitting in the living room and she's basically like, you know, I can't even remember what they were like arguing about, but she basically, Parenting. Brie Larson was making so many good points. Like yeah. she literally was like, you know, it's like, you're telling me to be nice. It's like, yeah, well, the reason like I, I was taught to be so nice. It's like, well, That's if I right. wasn't so nice, then I wouldn't have been kidnapped. Now, would I? I, he asked like, for, uh, help with, I wouldn't have helped him with his dog, which I guess we learned was old Nick's trick. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, I like. I think I don't know. Like I love the part when, you know, um uh she thanks Jacob Tremblay for um saving her whenever yeah. he sent her his hair and that's his strong it's and strong. And then she goes like, you know, I'm not a good enough mom. And then he's like, Yes, you are. And then she's like, Yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this thing where she, he tries to get he tries to get uh, milk from her breast. That's right. And so I was reading that apparently when you're breastfeeding, it actually um, produces a small amount of birth control, Oh, which I didn't know that. So that's why she was doing that oh. to prevent another pregnancy. Right. Subtle. Right. A very subtle little thing. Yes. Because, you know, some people would watch this movie and just, you know, attachment parenting people like, no, you shouldn't be breastfeeding to that age. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, right. that's all you cared about the movie? Like, yes, lost yeah. me. <laughs> it's like, that was the only problem you had? Um, <laughs> and this film was supposed to be like, I think set in like Ohio or something, but it's yeah. so obviously Toronto. You're like, that's the DVD. Very homegrown. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. All our friends um, are in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about some a little facts about this movie. So Brie yeah. Larson isolated herself in a house for one month to get into character. Oh. She thought that it would be a vacation because she is kind of an introverted person. But at the end of the month, she was depressed and crying. Sure. And this was where my kind of small little critique kind of comes in, where she seemed very together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least that's how I perceived it. She seemed kind of not insane. And I, I feel like you would go insane. Yeah. Um, uh, she avoided washing her face, so she wasn't wearing any um, makeup at all in the movie, which obviously, like, there's a reason to make it as real as possible. Yep. Um, Jacob Tremblay was eight years old when he filmed this movie. Um, to get rid of the depression after filming this movie, Brie Larson actually chose more commercial projects like Captain Marvel and Kong Skull Island. <laughs> 
And uh, there are two real life similarities of this story. Mm -hmm. One of them is Amanda Berry, who was one of three women held for over a decade in Cleveland, Ohio by Ariel Castro. And the most famous one, Joseph Fritzl, who had a, quote, downstairs family and an upstairs family for 24 years. Damn. And the Joseph Fritzl story is almost exactly room ah so when the author says that this isn't based on any real life things i mm-hmm. i call shenanigans on that because <laughs> it's way too similar but again the author has said that it's not based on anything yeah but i don't know the bart simpson know story the- they said they change it just enough so they don't have to pay us eh? <laughs> yeah exactly when 100 i love it i love it uh, Okay, well, do you have anything else that you would like to add about this movie? Uh, I like what you're saying. Like, I would be curious, say, if we were directing this, like asking Brie to bump it up a little couple places. But otherwise, I just, the work she did. And I got to say, one of my other favorite points, which uh, it does, it, it's so subtle to the way it's handled. So William H. Macy is the father. He can't look Jack in the eye because yeah. all he sees is old Nick and yeah. the crime. And it's like, he's only concerned about the trial and he can't even be in the situation. Uh, kind of like, uh, like I guess 45 years, like she has to come back. She's thinking she's coming back to her life as it was, but people have moved on. Her mom has a new partner, this really nice guy who kind of gets Jack out of his shell when they come home with him. Uh, just this uh, kind of this time idea of like, if you pluck someone out of a timeline, does, do things stay the same? Are things changed? Can you ever really go back home? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, just an amazing performance uh, all in all. This is my second time watching it, and uh, it's just so well done. There's this part, uh, she's chopping an apple with a knife, but she's holding her palm like flat over the knife. And then you look, and the tip of the knife has been cut off, I guess, yeah. by old Nick so that he can't, uh, she can't stab him with it. And then we sort of get this idea that... Uh, Previously, she's tried to whack him over the head with the top of the toilet tank. So that's yeah. been removed. Just these really nice details. Uh, if you've only seen it once, uh, listeners, give it another watch because there's some nice stuff in there. Subtle. It's a, yeah. I, I've i seen this movie a few times now and uh, I don't think I'll be revisiting it anytime no, soon because it while. is a dark, dark movie. Room and, two, um... back to the shed. <laughs> And um, I think although I think my favorite part of the movie is the very last scene when they all say goodbye to Mm -hmm. room. Mm -hmm. That scene is a very powerful scene because it's like you do have to accept that, you know, that that was not your fault and that you have to accept for what it was. But you need to leave it behind in your past. And yeah. when, you know, Jacob Tremblay is saying goodbye to everything, he's saying it out loud. But when she says it, she says it in this quiet mm. sort of way. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, you know, it just kind of gave me chills a little bit. And um, yeah, and that's, it's been cut open by the police investigation. I really like the way that was handled, too. We don't need any updates on old Nick. Obviously, he's been caught at some point. There's going to be a trial and that could be a whole other, you know, drama later on but i love that we, we stay with our characters it doesn't descend into like you know nick being interrogated and listen that like it's just them going back realizing getting that closure i guess and mm. maybe they can move on maybe they might be okay do you know the only other thing actually that kind of pissed me off was whenever um they pu- the cops pull up to the house and then brie larson is finally freed and jacob tromley is like open the door open the door from right. inside the cop car open right. the door open right. the door and then she is running toward 
the the cop car and then she's banging on the window yeah. and she's like open the door open the door <laughs> and the cop in the fucking front seat it's like open the door <laughs> like what are you doing like uh... open the fucking door <laughs> that scene pissed me off so much i was like they are so traumatized right now yeah. open the fucking door uh... <laughs> uh... yeah and around that part, too, they play some music by the band Explosions in the Sky, which for me is, and a lot of people, is so synonymous with the show Friday Night Lights, it really took me out of it. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Kyle Chandler as Harge busting in, saying, I'll take that kid from you. <laughs> a whole crossover. Yeah. I love it. Um Okay, well, I think that the time has arrived for us to pick our winner. You are my oh, guest, so I will baby. allow you to go first. Yes. Okay. My choice, who should have won Best Actress, is... Charlotte Rampling. For oh my gosh, years. really? <laughs> I watched it yesterday. It was my last movie. I was shocked how much I loved it. Just loved it. That is really interesting. What, what was your favorite moment, though, of like... What was the I get what was the Oscar moment? Because honey, I did not find oh, it. <laughs> it's this they've set up the attic as this is where her husband's stuff is. He's got the picture. Uh mm. he's at some old work lunch he doesn't want to go to. So she goes up the ladder. She's got the slideshow, the little uh carousel, the uh slide machine. And it's almost like there's a part in remember National Lampoon's Christmas where Chevy Chase gets locked in the attic. Mm-hmm. The family goes shopping and he's looking through the slides. Yeah, <laughs> this is like the horrible version. I thought the way that uh Katya's pregnant stomach was revealed, she's bouncing the image off of a white sheet. We don't really it doesn't hit you right between the eyes. It's more subtle. Yeah. Uh and then we've got her in the other side of the frame registering that this relationship uh, is so much more serious, that her husband is so more messed up with this uh, revelation. Uh, For me, that's the Oscar moment. Give it to her. Okay. Wow. That's incredible. (laughs) I I was not expecting that. Okay. (laughs) So um, I think the Oscar should have gone to... Sir Ronan for Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I don't, I don't really think that was much of a of a no. question. This movie it's is, it's like my favorite movie, and it's like my favorite performance by her. And she has so many of them. I think that she's so gifted, and I think that she nails every scene in this movie. It's so realistic. I related to every single scene. It was, uh, you know, dating an Irish person. He relates to this movie so much. It's kind of like our movie. Yeah. And I think that when art can resonate with you on such a profound level and just means so much to you when it's literally all just make-believe and acted, I think that that's extremely powerful and it really demonstrates the power of art. And I think that um, it's movies like this that make me love movies and fall in love with movies. And Saoirse Ronan just was um Eilish Fiorello. Yes. So I absolutely no question would give it to Sir Ronan. <laughs> Love it. I'm I'm with you. She's my second choice for sure. An incredible second story. Choice. So it resonates so much. Uh, did you come across I think they wanted to use her bathing costume, her swimsuit from the Coney Island scene as the new flag of Ireland. That's how much yes. she made her home country proud. <laughs> she certainly did and she knocked it out of the park. <laughs> All right. So that wraps another episode of Best Actress. David Brennan, where can people find you on social media? Oh, sure. At Brennan David N, uh, Insta and uh, Twitter and all that good stuff. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. We'll definitely have to have you back again, and we will see you next time. Thank you so much, Kyle. So much fun. Thank you. Bye. Bye.